Welcome to summer, my friends. I'm Jim Hutchinson with the New Jersey Delaware Bay edition of the Fisherman Magazine. It's Thursday, and of course, on Tuesday, we did that official transition. The summer solstice and the start of another summer. It's the longest day of sunlight of the year this past Tuesday. Hope you took advantage of it. Um, a little overcast, yeah, but very saleable because of course it was also the final day of black sea bass, uh, the spring season here at the Jersey Shore. We will get our, our, our black sea bass, our one fish bycatch allowance. That will start again in July. We have a lot to cover in this week's edition. Uh, for you folks in the New Jersey, Delaware Bay uh, region. So let's just get started with the big news that also happened on Tuesday. Um, and that was that the official striped bass vote by the New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council, it went down this past Tuesday, uh, six o'clock. The meeting ran from six until a little bit after eight o'clock, but the council voted five members to two in favor of meeting the ASMFC mandate of one striped bass, 28 to 31 inches. So five to two. There were a couple of uh, folks that did not particularly care about that. Let's cover that right now. The council vote does need to be approved by the commissioner of the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection, but you could expect that that will be done in time for the ASMFC mandate. That is July 2nd, 2023. Now, uh, New Jersey is not the last to adopt these regulations, despite what you may have seen online. It still leaves Virginia as the one state that has not come into compliance that I know. Delaware has, New York has. New York, as a matter of fact, just voted this week instantly, automatically, it's 28 to 31 inches if you're in New York waters. As for Delaware, uh, you also have that 28 to 31 inch size limit, but Delaware, the bay, the river, and the tributaries from July 1st through August 31st, you get a summer slot limit, one fish from 20 to 25 inches. I guess Delaware is considered maybe a spawning state uh, because it's on the Delaware River. New Jersey, also on the Delaware River, is not. Go figure. Now, some folks in New Jersey from Tuesday's meeting, I could tell were very happy uh, about what went, went down with these new regulations. In fact, some folks who believe that striped bass should be turned into an exclusive catch and release fishery turned out in support of Tuesday's vote. Captain Brian Williams, for example, of Bad Fish Charters behind Ocean City, a member of the American Saltwater Guides Association, had this to say. These striper are more valuable as a catch and release sport fishery. They contribute more to the economy that way than they do as a consumption fishery. So I think we need to start looking at this as a sport fishery, not a consumption fishery. Now, Brian's uh, sentiment was echoed as well by another member of the public named Paul Cameron, who said, quote, ASMFC is doing what we ask them to do as catch and release fishermen in the state of New Jersey. So if you didn't know, striped bass has become an emotionally charged topic, uh, putting one side against the other. It's been like that for the last couple of years. The American Saltwater Guides Association Facebook page probably says it all. Uh, a lot of the strictly catch and release folks uh, in the community, uh, ASGA said, uh, uh, we won a small battle with last night's vote, but quote, not the war. Striper wars, great, as if we needed another reason to divide our community into this side and that side. On the other side, I guess you'd say, of the battlefield, right? If we're in striper wars, we're gonna have to have two sides of battle. Well, there must be two sides of any argument. Folks like Chris Leto of the Party Boat Gambler out of Point had a pretty rational and balanced perspective from the other side of the line. In America right now, there's a big push for farm to table. Everyone wants clean, organic, 
produce. Uh, the same with the ocean. Uh, there's a big push now called Sea to Table. In fact, the DEP offers a lot of programs out at Sedge Island, which is uh, taking what they harvest and cooking it right there. Now, as for the economics of striped bass catch and release versus reasonable, rational harvest, George Burns of M3 Tackle, he said the loss of business was immediate when ASMFC made this decision back in May. Uh, and he told the council the other night, quote, we noticed a big drop as the announcement was made. Victor Hartley of the Keyport Princess, he was there Tuesday night. He said, quote, those guys who uh, think we need to turn this into a sport fishery are wrong. He added, this is going to have a huge impact on the party boat fishery in New Jersey. Captain Hartley spoke up for his customers. He has said, quote, don't, these guys don't come as sport fishermen not to take home a fish. Now, during the discussion and the debate, retired Rutgers University scientist and council member Eleanor Bahanek, Dr. Eleanor Bahanek, voted against the measure. She and Bob Rush were the two folks who voted against it. But Ms. Bahanek said, quote, I'm afraid for the future of our fisheries. She added, we are losing the inclusivity and diversity of the fishery. She explained too that, quote, the science is still not being presented, and that is to make that three-inch slot limit. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's a big, it's a big uh, topic in the country today, and reasonable, sustainable access to the striped bass fishery seems to be a big part of that DEI debate. There were about 100 people in the meeting, all webinar-based, it was online. Uh, that was 100 people by about 6.40, 6.45 p.m. Um, 15 division staffers were on, online, as well as the council members, at least a half dozen individuals from outside the region uh, attending uh, to, to, I guess, munch on some popcorn and watch the fireworks ensue. Uh, I did see one New Jersey politician in the meeting on Tuesday night. That's Assemblyman Brian Bergen of Denville. Thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, so for now on, whenever I cover one of these fisheries meetings and I see a member of the New Jersey legislature, a senator, an assemblyman, uh, or maybe it's a House of member of the House of Representatives, a congressman or a US senator, whenever I see this, I'm going to share that with folks because it's really good to see uh, an elected official participating in the fisheries management discussion. Doesn't matter what side of the aisle, doesn't matter your party, and I guess it doesn't really matter which part of the striped bass wars you're in either. It's just nice to see that. Now, let's go back to last week's video fishing forecast because I based the weekend on some midweek predictions from NOAA Weather. And I really thought Saturday was going to be a good one. Those west winds were honking and they never really let up. Didn't stop the tournament action, of course. Um, congratulations to Tina Sims and the Mazel Tog crew took top honors in the 25th annual Brutus tournament on Saturday. A 6.07 pound fluke won that tournament. Meanwhile, it was Edward Schaefer of Ridgefield who had the top fluke in the JCAA fluke tournament over the weekend, a 12.42 pound doormat of a fluke that was weighed in in Jersey City Saturday for a cash sweep. That includes the $50,000 cash Calcutta for the heaviest fluke 
over 12 pounds. Congratulations to Edwards. So suffice to say, it is really nice to see some of those bigger doormat catches coming in. Um, really, it does seem that's that's three of them right now, and I'm going to talk about that right now. But we've had three true doormats uh, in the last week, all of them from the northern stretch. It always seems like Raritan Bay and outside, but it's really good to see that in our weekly reports at thefisherman.com. To start the week, as an example, out of oceans, uh, out of Atlantic City on the ocean, it was hovering around 66.2 degrees. That's the ocean water temperatures. But the temps are expected to go into the low 70s along the coast by sometime next week. So that kind of means that some of those those bigger fluke can be found nearer to the inlets, just outside, on some of that structure throughout all the reef sites in New Jersey, in Delaware, uh, even up off the south shore of New York. As a matter of fact, Pashi here was one of those other doormats. He checked in with this 10-pounder caught on Friday uh, I believe it was around Sandy Hook Reef. There's still, of course, plenty of action in the back bays uh, throughout the Garden State. Uh, in fact, this Saturday, you do have this pretty much a, always a bay tournament, the 16th annual Grassy Sound Mariner, Mariner, Marina Flounder Tournament. Uh, that's in North Wildwood. You can give Debbie a call there at the marina or visit grassysoundmarina.com for all the details. The, the, the Grassy Sound Flounder Tournament farther into South Jersey you go, the more apt you're to hear flounder and not fluke. But just don't forget, wherever you're fishing in a tournament, right? Any place you're fishing in a tournament, don't forget about the other tournament you're in as well. As a subscriber to the Fisherman Magazine, you can always bring that doormat into one of our dream boat way stations, in which case you'll be able to possibly win a brand new Steiger at the end of this season. Check it out. Now it's time for the Dreamboat update. Eddie Terrabile from Long Island is back. He's proven himself as one of the contest's most consistent competitors, and he did it again this week with an 8.56-pound weakfish, the second largest entered this year. That single entry had huge implications in the top three. Kyle Krause was dropped down to 10 points and has been upstaged by Massimo Polverenti's giant bluefish, which now holds third place with 10 points. In second place, we have last week's leader, Bobby Cifarelli, with 18 points, and Eddie Terrabile has reclaimed the overall lead with 21 points. Another sponsor has thrown their hat in the ring. Surehold is putting up 10 $200 gift cards for the top three anglers in the contest and all seven largest of species winners. Thank you, Shorehold. The Dreamboat Fishing Challenge is a fisherman subscriber-only multi-species fishing competition with a chance to win a new 21-foot Steigercraft center console powered by Yamaha, along with many other great prizes. Visit thefisherman.com to subscribe and get all the details so you can be part of the action.
actually, I'm at one of our Dreamboat way stations here in New Gretna, Allen's Dock on the Bass River. You got the, everybody knows about it, the waterfront dining across the way at Breezes, uh, right around the corner from one of my favorite seafood joints in the entire state of New Jersey, Allen's Clam Bar. But this is a classic South Jersey marina. Some great folks running the place. Justin is almost always here, has been providing reports for us uh, at the Fisherman Magazine for the last couple of years. Um, although Dad George wasn't here when I stopped in last week. I was here last week to do this video and forgot my batteries. But it was good because I didn't have the report from George from Allen's Dock. He was noodling in Kentucky. Check that one off the bucket list. George, I would challenge you to go find an oyster cracker now that same way. Listen, they've got all the baits you need here. Uh, they've got a, a bunch of tackle, uh, everything that you need. Plus, uh, Justin reminds me, they've got a gas dock here on the Bass River as well. So you got to stop in and check it out, uh, especially at this time of year now. Water temperatures are warming, and with the warmer water comes the warmer water species. Uh, and here in, at Allen's, you're not far down the Bass River, out the Mullica, and into Great Bay. And Great Bay is where I have gotten my first report of sheep's head in the state of New Jersey. Grant Johnson, mole crab, Great Bay. Greenies, if you can get them, fiddlers, calicos perhaps, shedder crabs. Uh, just checked in with Justin this morning. He's got two peelers uh, today and he's always getting them in, but as soon as they come in, they're going out the door as well. But again, sheep's head in the region now, and that is a good sign. That means we have officially transitioned into summer. Quag Wynn said the same thing. Sheep's head on the feed, now heading down into Atlantic and Cape May County as well. Mussel or clam beds, sod banks right outside of a creek mouth, bridge structure, uh, some of those taller markers, uh, the wooden, wooden markers, right? Uh, that's a really good opportunity. The bridge structure, as I mentioned, get that Minn Kota up there, use the spot lock, deploy some of those tog jigs, right? We've got the, let me reach here, We've got the magic tail tog jigs here. So whatever crab you're putting on the line, drop them vertical, uh, bottom sweeper jigs, uh, Danny Schaefer's uh, jigs as well, but that's what you wanna do to give it a shot. Um, across the other side of Delaware Bay, we're hearing the same thing from the Lewis Harbor Marina folks about sheep's head showing up in better numbers there as well. V, Sis, and Thone fish the outer wall using sand fleas, mole crabs, if you will, for a pair of sheep's head, 10 pounds and 11.26 pounds. So again, those convict fish, they're here in the region and ready for the taking. Other summer visitors that are already starting to show up now in the New Jersey, Delaware Bay region include Cobia, the Hanover boys were on the Duchess out of Fortescue on Friday. Bluefish, weakfish, kingfish, keeper summer flounder, and a 28-inch cobia that had to be released. I will give you that reminder now. 37 inches is the minimum size if you stumble into one of those cobia. That's the minimum size, one per angler or one per vessel. Very tasty, great tasting fish. Um, now's the opportunity to see those arrive, especially on the bunker schools. Cobia will often swim along with the bunker schools, so look out for those big torpedoes as you're fishing offshore uh, or, or along the inshore mid-range grounds as well. Another Cobia release this week came by way of Nicholas Laferteza, who caught this on the beach in Point Pleasant on Father's Day. 
Now, I had an appointment earlier this week. I stopped over to the Point uh, Co-op, the cooperative, uh, the, the, the commercial docks in Point Pleasant. I was talking with a longtime captain there. He used to be a headboat captain out of Belmar, but he was bringing in a load of uh, smooth dogfish to sell there. But he told me that he had a couple of sets right outside of Point Pleasant where he also had sheep's head and cobia that he released. So it's good to see that those exotics are in the mix at this point. Now, for the most part on the surf, the open beaches, Mammoth, Ocean, Atlantic, and Cape May County. It's bluefish. You do have a good opportunity for bluefish. There are a few striped bass as well. Brian Hitchcock had this 37-incher on Saturday at Island Beach State Park. Just keep in mind, 37 inches is a keeper today, but not necessarily tomorrow. Those new regulations in New Jersey will be in place by July 2nd. We just don't know when. But with water, water, uh, warming ocean water temperatures, you want to look to the surf line for fluke as well at this point. Uh, I did mention that before. Those fish are now moving in and out of the inlet, moving closer to the inshore structure, but they're also going to line up along the beach as well. Dion Scott from Maplewood hit the Monmouth County surf on Sunday with gulp, had her first keeper fluke, congrats. And thanks to Scott Bot Box for sending us that photo as well. So those fish are in there, just a light jig head uh, with a, I love the chartreuse swimming mullet. Uh, just swim that nice and slow along the bottom. Of course, warming water, we also have the thresher sharks in the mix. You're not allowed to target or re retain makos anymore, not duskies, not sand tigers or browns, the, sand the sandbar sharks, but threshers are still in the barbecue mix. The crew of the Compass Rose brought in a dock record at Captain Bill's Landing in Point the other day, a 532-pound whiptail, taped out at 109 inches, took the angler Brandon Hoy six hours to tame this beast, and that was only about 10 miles out. A little deeper, I heard from Dennis Huber this week, who joined Captain Chris on the Reaper out of Brigantine on Monday for a trip to the Wilmington Canyon to target uh, Big Eye. Riptide alum Dylan L. and Tommy Huber had Big Eye of 150 and 162 pounds earlier this week. So if you're heading offshore out of Absecon, you have that in the Brigantine side. Don't forget, on the Atlantic City side, you also have the crew from Jersey Nuts Sport Fishing out of Atlantic City. Uh, you'll see their reports on a weekly basis as well at thefisherman.com. An early look at the weekend forecast from the Hudson to the Baltimore reminds me of something my mother used to tell me. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. But if NOAA weather turns out to be another bust, like is often the case, you may be looking at rigging a few ballyhoo this week to get in on that tuna bite. For more on that, let's go open boat with the Fisherman Magazine's Jenny Ackerman in Brielle. Welcome back to Open Boat. We're here at the Real Seat in Brielle, and Jimbo is gonna show us how to rig a ballyhoo. Let's go. All right, we've got a ballyhoo rig, prep a ballyhoo. I'm gonna put the hook inside of it. Take a couple wraps in front of the chin weight, behind the chin weight. Close the gills up. Then we're gonna do the X over the head, you know, to close the mouth. I don't go in the roof of the mouth. I think it makes the ballyhoo not last as long as it's getting trolled. And take a couple wraps in front of the mouth. Hold the line when you split the bill. Split the bill. 
put the fluorocarbon up through it, put some wraps in front of it. Cut the bill, not too short. And uh, on this hoo head here, there's a mark. See where it's keeled, it's a TN tackle hoo head, and uh, it's gonna make them swim really good. And the two ounce is good for the split bill. You know, I have friends in Margate, when they say they're going offshore, it means they're going across the bridge to the inland side. Let's push it even farther offshore inland. We'll go out to the Poconos, check in with my friend George Pocono, uh, George Shower, the Pocono Outdoors guy. Oh, hey, thanks, Jim. You know, it's officially summertime now, and those temperatures, well, they're starting to warm up to more seasonable temps, and the water is starting to warm up as well. But, you know, this typical summertime pattern is starting to take effect now, and those those fish, they're starting to become kind of predictable. You know, we have uh, stripers, my good friend Josh Taylor. Uh, you know, after those stripers, they start coming out of those feeder creeks and back into some of that deeper water as that surface temperature starts to creep up. So, again, they become very predictable where you're going to find those fish and where to get them. Um, even for a largemouth bass, you know, that summertime pattern kicking in high gear, topwaters. My good friend Shane Fry was out throwing whopper ploppers and uh, and uh, walking the dog with those, uh, those stick baits, getting real productive on those topwater bass. Um, you know, you hit them in early in the morning in that shallow water uh, at or near cover. It's going to be a very productive pattern for you guys as well. Another thing to go out for, catfish and carp is a typical summertime game fish. Now, people don't normally think of carp as a, as a game fish, but I'm telling you, it's really underrated. Uh, they're a great game fish. You just catch and release for a day on the water. Uh, but yeah, summertime gets in. They're very predictable. Get them out there early mornings. Simple bait. A hunk of corn on, on a small hook will get you into some carp, but there's some real good opportunities, guys, as things get up. The lakes are going to get more and more pressured as people get on them. So here's some real good tips for you guys to get out and get on some fish this coming weekend. From Pennsylvania, I'm George, your Pocono Outdoors guy. Hey, starting this Friday, you can fish around the clock if you'd like all the way through Sunday to help support the VFW Children's Home. It's the third annual Fish Around the Clock Flounder Fiasco. It's sponsored by the Brigantine Memorial All-American VFW Post 6964. They've got prizes for first, second, and third place finishers. Get details with Andy, Riptide Bait and Tackle. Stop into the shop or give him a call, 609-264-0440. The big tournament news this week, of course, isn't necessarily at the Jersey Shore, but it reminds me of something that happened here a few years ago. But by now, you've probably seen the tale of the mutilated marlin. And if you haven't seen the headlines yet, just Google Big Rock Tournament to get all the details. It's a North Carolina big game tournament uh, that saw a boat called Sensation come to the scales with a 619.4 pound blue marlin, which would have been good enough for a $3.5 million payday. However, the tax man took a bite, which a shark bite in one of these big tournaments will disqualify that fish from any tournament entry under official IGFA rules. I mentioned a few years ago, I mentioned this was something that came to light in New Jersey. It was the Mid-Atlantic Fishing, uh, Mid-Atlantic Tournament back in the summer of 2020, uh, a well-known Jersey tournament boat shark bite captained by Richie Barrett. Uh, you can find all these details. September 10th, 2020, my editor's log was called the tax man about that, but a shark bite DQ'd shark bite in that Mid-Atlantic at that point. Now, as Mid-Atlantic President Rick Weber said at the time, quote, disqualifying a fish is never easy, especially a magnificent catch like this, but the shark bite team was polite 
and professional through the entire process. As for that Big Rock tournament, the one that's making headlines now, not sure how clear the IGFA rules contingency was. I don't know if it was all spelled out, but the Sensation crew has protested the decision and it looks as though they might take legal action against the tournament, according to quotes in the Carteret County News Times. We will be watching this as it unfolds this summer as I'm sure plenty of you tournament organizers will be as well. A lawsuit against the tournament. Listen, it's been a particularly dry spring so far. So now all of a sudden we get into the first days of summer and we're seeing rain. Well, I'll tell you, a little rain at the Jersey Shore for the next few days, my lawn could use it, the reservoirs and the streams could get a boost. And isn't that why they made foul weather gear anyway? To fish in lesser crowds in a little bit of rain? Catch them up, enjoy the weekend, rain be darned, and we'll see you again next week right here at thefisherman.com.